everyone. Thank you so much for joining me on the Hope for Today broadcast. I'm your host, Doran Wengerd, founder of Wengerd Ministries, where we are delivering hope to every heart. Now, if you've been touched by any of these messages and you'd like to partner with us, you can text the word GIVE to 844-333-7227. And if you do so, the Lord has a great harvest for you. If he's putting it on your heart, I would say go for it because there's something that he has for you. Now, I want to just talk about uh, some of the things that I mentioned this last time, and I'm so excited just to see uh, people's lives being set free, their hearts being opened up to the Lord and the power of the Holy Spirit. And uh, so I mentioned what I call an effortless gospel. So I'm going to continue that here again uh, on this, this message here, because I want to give some scripture and I want to just talk through what does it mean? Uh, what is the finished work of Jesus? And so I hope you're all doing awesome and growing in your faith. And this is, uh, there's some more messages here. I have a message that I wrote, uh, it's called Rest. And so I, I may record that on here as well. But uh, this today, I, this is really what the Lord showed me when I asked him how we actually do, how do we find that victory? How do we find true freedom? And uh, the answers to my questions actually started coming unexpectedly when I was having lunch with a good friend of mine, and uh, I've known this young man his whole life, and the Lord has used me in his life actually on multiple occasions. In fact, there was a time many years ago that he had gotten into some trouble, and I was able to encourage him in in jail by writing uh, uh, letters to him. We'd write back and forth, and, and so the Lord gave me the privilege of being in his life in that time and just really being a part of that with him. And then several years ago, he had a major injury to his knee that required a complex surgery to repair. And the doctors were saying that he would not be able to run or play sports for, it was like six months or something. It would be a long time. And they said, it's, a, it's going to take a long time to fully recover. But he said, he said I want to be completely healed and, and playing sports in six weeks. And uh, so I was driving through his town one day and Holy Spirit clearly said to me, stop and pray for his knee. And so I detoured from my plans and drove over to his house. And then uh, I went in and was talking with him just for a bit. And and then I said, God wants me to agree with your faith of full healing and of playing sports in six weeks. And uh, so when I laid my hands on him and prayed, his knee got very warm and he could tell that something supernatural was happening although he was afraid to tell me at the time, and I didn't actually find out that detail until years later. But almost immediately, in the next week or so, the doctors started removing braces and splints and began his motion therapy. And uh, in six weeks, he was doing exactly what he wanted, what he had declared he was gonna do. He was doing lateral jumps and ladders and everything with no swelling or negative effects. And the doctors cleared him completely and said he could go and play sports. Now, I'm telling you this history so that you know why I have the freedom to speak plainly when I'm talking with this young man. He knows that I love him, and he knows that I feel a supernatural connection with him. And as we were eating lunch, he mentioned some of the struggles of of living a pure life. And he said that he had done all of the men's purity programs he could find and, and that they were really helping. He was in an accountability group and that was really helping. But then he said something that sparked a wave of revelation for me. He said, 
It's always such a struggle to stay pure, but I guess that's the only way it's possible. The Holy Spirit jumped inside of me and I said, is that how you got saved? By struggling? And he was silent actually for a minute or so and he said, well, no, I I, I guess not. Jesus did it for me. And the next words out of my mouth are where the title for these messages uh, comes from. I said, struggle never brings true victory. The victory you're looking for only comes by revelation of your true identity in Christ. The true message is that the gospel is effortless. So that's why I'm calling these messages effortless gospel. So when I said that, he was actually taken aback and he was almost kind of angry with me or frustrated and he started talking about all of the people who have been slandering me and warning him to stay away from me. And he began apologizing actually for the things that people had been saying because he knows that I have a good heart. But then he said, it's comments like you just said that, that may pe- make people talk bad about you. And he said, how is it possible that I could be completely free of all temptation without trying to stay pure? And uh, I told him, you know, just imagine, go over to the local cemetery uh, by the church on the hill there. And I said, um, how many of the men that are buried there still struggle with temptation and cannot remain pure in their thoughts? And he said, well, obviously none of them. I mean, they're, they're dead. They're in the grave. And then I said, it's the same for every person who has been freed from sin. And uh, so I read a few verses. I want to read them here in Romans 6, actually, verses 1 through 14. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How, how shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives... He lives to God. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in its lusts. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not not under law, but under grace. And so that uh, those verses there describe what happened. What exactly happened? Everything was changed. Now remember, I was speaking to a, to a young man who, he had been a recipient of the supernatural power of God at work in his body and in his soul. He knew deeply in his heart that what I was saying to him was true. 
He just couldn't find the logic, though, to be able to explain to those people that he's associated with who have been speaking the negative to,、uh, things to him about me. And I began to think about doubt and what it is when we begin to question messages being preached by others. And、uh, actually, I quoted before Jesse Duplantis has a book about doubt, and he says, Doubt doesn't have answers, it only has more questions. And I think that's really the point that we, we hear a message and we doubt, but doubt is not going to bring you the answers. It only brings more questions. So the bottom line is we receive truth in the same way that we receive all other things from God, and that is fully and completely relying on Jesus and the finished work on the cross. Now, if everything is finished, then it truly is finished. So often we find ourselves feeling the urge to have it. You know, we, we want to work for it and we want to try to earn our salvation by struggle. But the message of rest that、I've, I mentioned earlier, it goes further and deeper than I'd ever even described it before. This idea that nothing is required of us except to believe, it goes against every religious、uh, message that I've heard. Every religion. Um, teaches you've got to do something, you've got to earn it, you've got to, got to make your way there. So it's no wonder that anyone who preaches this message actually gets hated by others. The openly evil side hates this message because people are actually getting set free. And the strictly religious side will hate this because it's saying that all of their efforts accomplish nothing. So even, even one of the verses that、um, I had mentioned earlier、um, in a different message, Matthew 11 30, it could make religious people angry because it says, My yoke is easy and my burden is light. So, religion wants to hang a heavy burden around people's necks and make it difficult to access the things of God. But Jesus said very clearly that He has done it all for us. So, then the next question asked of me by this young man is really the million dollar question. He said, So, if I would believe, That what you're saying is true. How do I actually get to where it is true for me? And isn't that where we live? Isn't that the question that rests in our hearts when we're dealing with something? So I, I told him, This will never make sense to the natural mind. And it really will seem like foolishness to it. And so I want to read the verses that say that 1 Corinthians 2,、uh, verses 7 through 16. And these verses describe how, it, how this appears to the natural mind. Verse 7 But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew. For had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the Spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. 
But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Did you notice there? It is foolishness to the natural mind. It's foolishness. And really, when we look at how we try to understand things, we look at them logically, and we want to say, I want this to make sense for me. But we absolutely must go to the Lord with the mindset that this is impossible to understand without the power of the Holy Spirit. So we asked him, we, we, we need to ask him to give us understanding. So did you notice verse 11 that says, the only way to understand is by the power of the Holy Spirit. John 14, 17 says, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. So he in us, when you become born again, you are given the Holy Spirit in a way that he allows you to understand more. When you receive the fullness and the indwelling, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, he gives you the power and the true understanding to be able to look into the word and for it to make sense to your spirit. So even the idea of rest actually seems counterintuitive because we immediately asked, what do I need to do in order to experience rest? What do I need to do in order to experience the gospel? Do you realize that this is the way that we find freedom from every struggle and addiction is through rest? Jesus gives us the way. He says, this is the way that you find true freedom because he, pay, he paid the price for every situation that we will ever find ourselves in. Now, I've, I've read these verses before and we've talked about, you know, these are uh, action. These seem like action-only verses. 1 Corinthians 6, verses 17 through 20. And it just seems like something that we need to uh, give an effort toward in order to experience it. But I want to read it, and then I'll talk about it here. Verse 17, But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Flee sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does is outside the body, but he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God? And you are not your own, for you were bought at a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So these verses, I read this and, and it, it feels like it's something I need to do. I need to flee. I need to run. But then I am asking this question, how do I flee? How do I run away? I've tried this before and it seems like the thing that I was running from, it could be anything. It could be an addiction. It could be a food addiction. It could be uh, spending or lying or cheating. Running away from it is just trying to change it. But it eventually overtakes you again and then you fall prey to it and then you feel condemned. So I think this applies to every struggle that people find themselves running from. And I, I mentioned these other things. I mean, it could be alcohol for, for you. Uh, other people find, you know, that there's something that they struggle with and they look around and they think, I'm the only one that struggles with this. But either way, if you find yourself trapped in a struggle, I can promise you this is the answer for it. 
Just like everything else in the kingdom of God, you'll have to apply the wisdom of God in order to understand it. So the way to flee is to rest in him. Stop struggling and simply receive. In the same way that you become born again, you receive the freedom. You ask, to, you ask him for it and you say, Lord, I am resting in you knowing that you are taking this desire away and the desire leaves. So when you find a temptation begin to come upon you, turn inwardly to the Lord, knowing that there is therefore now no, no condemnation upon you. Acknowledge your inability to do it on your own. And say, Lord, you are my only hope. You're my only hope. I'm running to you and asking you to remind me of who I am. So it begins with this process. But just remember, it is a process. If you fail, don't give up. Remember, he's not condemning you. He is asking you, come to me, come to me and let me help you. So the work or effort that we, we are to give is only to be directed to entering God's rest. So did you notice uh, when, when, when I'm talking about this, I'm talking about what God did on the seventh day. After creation, he rested. He showed us how. So you need to believe and then receive, not only for, for forgiveness of sins, but also the full and complete freedom from the desire to even sin at all. You cannot get rid of it on your own. It is something that you can only receive from him. You'll never be free from sinful desires by simply running. Victory does not come by way of struggle and hard work. Victory comes by way of the effortless gospel. Rest in the finished work of Jesus on the cross. Draw on the revelation from the Holy Spirit. Allow your heart to go in worship of him and of everything that he did for you. Allow him to show you that you are one spirit and one body with the Lord. Remember, you are not your own. You were bought with a price. He made so that you are now dead to sin. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. That's Psalm 37, 4. He says, if you delight in me, I will give you the desires. He actually puts the right desires in your heart. Receive this by faith. Remember, this is foolishness to the natural mind. But when you are spiritually discerning this, it will make sense to your spirit. I can promise you, he has no desire in him towards sin. So when he gives you the desires of your heart, you will find that what I'm saying is true. Full and complete victory is yours for every area of your life. When you daily surrender completely to the Holy Spirit and you let him do his work. Make this your only effort, labor to enter his rest. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. God bless you. <music>